please note, this episode references sexual abuse and mental health issues. If you have been affected by the issues referenced in this podcast episode, please find details of help and support services in the show notes. Hi, I'm Lisa Kennedy and you're listening to The Bra and the Brave. This podcast celebrates the creative and the courageous. I am fascinated by those who are talented, forward-thinking and inquisitive. Sharing their stories, wisdom and everything in between, The Bra and the Brave is about people and their passions. So on to today's episode. Is even happening. I'm like in a panic, and I can <laughs> yeah. definitely hear you. And I will say that I am speaking to the tremendous Chloe McNiven. Oh, thank you. And we just had a lovely conversation, which nobody can be privy to. But I think <laughs> it's probably quite poignant that you brought up the fact that we have probably known each other for a long time. Definitely yeah. over ten, for sure. That's mental. It's really crazy. And I've got so many questions and I feel like I just Instagram stalk the 11 daylights out of you (laughs) (laughs) in those 12 years that I've known you. Completely opposite of everything I'm going to say. (laughs) (laughs) Great, great, that's what we love. Probably my first question just to kickstart would be, why dance? Good, very good question. Um, Like you said, it's been, what, over 12 years and that's what we were just talking about I guess at the start of the before we even started recording mm. you were such a big um support for me I, I genuinely, which totally blows my mind because I'm like I can remember well, why, it. I remember why would was. people not be saying how you meet because you have just always had this talent and this just this spark oh, like thank you so much. your presence in the room I remember that like at the time I was just like she has got something that's totally unique and the thing is, I, I looked up to you, so like he, with it, I, I, I know it sounds like, oh, maybe you're just saying this, and, but it really, I really remember specific people in my life believing in me, who I respected, and it gave me that push, because ultimately, really, when it boiled down to it, I was never actually that good, in terms of like, what 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 you define honestly i'll get to that point but when you i can see to- if you can see me now i'm just doing all sorts of <laughs> what you um, actually kidding me no but um in terms of like technically as a dancer and the training that i had had prior to even wanting to do this like i didn't actually know what that was meant to be to be honest i just just love to dance and Enough. um yeah, yeah. i guess it wasn't until i was 16 17 i heard the word ballet jazz contemporary and i was like oh, fuck is this <laughs> so so you're uh, a disco dancer yeah yeah and even that I wasn't even trained by like a the best disco school. I just was wild I used to just run around that floor and make things up it was genuinely and that's I guess it'll come back to the question but like it was like an escapism for me it was so much more bigger than um dance it was it was a plate I guess I, I was doing it since I was four three four and it was a place for me to go and express a place for me to escape what was actually really going on at home and a place where I guess I felt safe and I I felt I don't know I think it 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 made me keep myself as pure as I could I I, I honestly think I mean I don't even honestly think I know for a fact like categorically if I never had that I would my life would be completely different now 
and it was just I guess it was that focus and it just built me up to be this really disciplined this I, I was always like striving for this thing which mm. built such resilience it built just this type of mindset that now obviously I look back and that's what I'm actually trying to train for now to have this mindset and um, develop this mindset but naturally from such a young age because dance did save my life it, it was such a huge part of my life and I had to make it happen I, I was building them skills without actually knowing which is really crazy actually now because it's just wow. stood me in such good grounds for what I want to do going mm. forward and just now as an entrepreneur and in business and trying to do bigger things um just what that's taught me is just so much more than just loving to dance or perform or and it was it was it genuinely was a place to escape what was actually going on at home and I guess a, a chance to think that maybe the future didn't have to be what what I was seeing or what what was around me or what was destined for someone like me from where I came from and that little bit of hope and that little bit of maybe my life can be something bigger and that was just imprinted from such a young age even at school and stuff I thought I'll obviously talk about school but I was good Mm. I I mean I was good at school as and I was a good student because I was like I loved going to school and stuff but I didn't do well in terms of like grades or I just wasn't good at school and I was now I talk about it it makes me laugh but I was like proud of that which now I want to say I'm not really? proud of. But I was not proud of it, but it was just like an acceptance of, like, I'm just not smart, which now I've learned is just the complete, the wrong programming, right? I just mm. labelled myself like, I'm not smart, but I want to be a dancer, so I don't need to be smart. So ultimately, I just need to be able to count to eight, and that's all I want to do. And I, I went through school with that kind of, so friendly and was always in the show was like sorry I can't go to mass today because I'm rehearsing for the <laughs> it's like get to class <laughs> I was always that on my report cards so like, she's lovely she's such she's just really chatty I was honestly just there for mm. like the social butterfly but um <laughs> now looking back it's like I just it was laser focused even throughout school I remember um getting to like my fourth year and there was um talks about like where to go next and I remember like my English teacher trying to help me do the application for the dance school of Scotland and Mm -hmm. to me obviously coming from a school in Govan it it was just I mean it didn't happen because it was an impossible task and not from the right area doesn't have the right training not basically not good enough so that kind of started that thing of like oh I really want to do this this is all I want to do but here's how hard it's actually going to be and I guess that kind of just was the beginning of that process Mm. and um I actually left school 15 years old to work on a building site which yeah I read this on your website (laughs) I'm like did not know that it was honestly 15 got the phone call you can earn 120 pound a week um cleaning this building site and all I could think was 120 pound a week that's like what 480 pound a month could save that that'll get me to London because obviously I know like I'm not going to have any financial backing to get me here it's going to be a difficult difficult struggle so I always kind of 
did everything for myself anyway. I was very self-sufficient from a young age. So I was like, yep. Yeah. In my head, I just went, yep, yeah, definitely. It has to be that. And yeah. I, honestly, I would be in them cabins. And <laughs> I'm not even like, this is as dramatic as it sounds. And I'm not even that much of a dramatic person. <laughs> but and these, it was these like, these cabins were all the, the, the guys like concrete wetsuits. So it was disgusting, honestly. It was the men's toilets. It was... It was actually the casino at the the key, you know that big yes. casino. It was that they were but it was that far back. It was that Aaliyah. they were building. Yeah, it was that they were building. And um, I would be in that cabin and I would be like, had the brush and I'd be like dancing, crying, like thinking I was in like the movie Honey, like will that ever me? <laughs> and I used to think like honestly, thought I was in that, and I, I genuinely would be crying like hating what I was doing but just wishing that I could do this and it's such an important thing to say here because it'll go on for what I'll talk about later but um I genuinely had this like deep sense of like knowing that this probably won't happen for someone like me but there was just this other part of me that just kept me going it obviously was confidence and limiting beliefs and and the trauma mm-hmm. that I had been and all the things that had had built me up from being young were, were that voice in my head saying now you'll never be able to do it but there was always this deep underlying thing that it wasn't even like a a sureness that it would happen but there was just something that just made me never give up I guess there was if I did what would be so it was just worth the the thought of maybe it won't happen but the the process of it was just enough to keep me to keep me going even if it didn't happen and I think that's Mm -hmm. an important thing as well for anyone listening like we always look for the outcome we always look for the final thing like we've got the dream and that's the end goal and until you get there you're you're not satisfied and I guess what I've learned throughout the process of my dance career and business and stuff like to just even enjoy the process and enjoy the growth of yourself in the process is actually so much more enjoyable than the actual end goal because uh, everyone knows this anyway but when you get to the end goal you're always like right what's next you get there and it's like you're you're not even you don't even you don't even sit there in gratitude for that moment you're just like what's next because you're always wanting the next thing right so I guess that was something that must have just been that I never eat subconsciously never knew but kept me going just the process mm-hmm. of it and just like even trying to get better and trying to get one step closer was was what actually just kept kept me motivated to keep going. But after obviously that building site, I ended up joining Annie's Land College, um, where I started to learn that you had to actually have technique, <laughs> which I was like, mm-hmm. I remember being in the audition like, and doing these roll downs and just looking around and thinking, this is so weird. But I kind of like it. But it's really weird. Like I don't know what's happening. But I'm just going I just always gave everything hundred percent. But yeah. I did then I did actually the, the the struggle became from then again I guess because um I started to realize that oh to be what I want to be you have to be to be trained a certain way and, and I had obviously missed out on like 17 years of that so to be like 17 18 and just be starting these disciplines was was kind of like a, oh that's maybe still yeah. not be possible even more now mm-hmm. because now I'm actually aware of what you need to do and I had I had a great time there I learned a lot and even after that I, even like colleges like Reed Care didn't get in there at Telford wow. didn't get in there so even at them points I look back and I'm, I remember them points and thinking 
I need to give up. Like, if I can't get in a school in Scotland, what chance am I going to have of getting in a school in London? And then what chance, even after that, am I going to ever get being employed? Even the moments, I just still never mm-hmm. gave up, which now I'm like, the audacity. <laughs> they are actually... Yeah, I, I just think it's incredible like, because yeah. everybody, everybody's got hurdles, but it just sounds to me that... There was just so many and barricades. Is, I mean, this is just the the dance. This is just the Korean dance. Exactly. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. This isn't actually even the real life ones. And even at, when I went to London again, like it was, I auditioned for all the schools and I got into one. So it's just uh, hopefully from even just that process, and obviously that's very specific to dance. But these no's don't define you, and this is something that I've just like came up with since I started like speaking speaking and stuff I was on a run and um I was thinking about my story and I think I was doing like a talk and I was trying to like how do I like get all this across and everything that I've done that's been really successful my dance career like my business um the court case that which I'll talk about and stuff like every significant moment that's kind of like changed the course of my life I've been told no like every every at every point and then I was like wow develop this new word called motivation <laughs> and I'm like I need to get this out here because that has been my motivation being told no has been honestly has been I tried to trademark the word and everything because I'm like when yeah, I was like, on this run I was like it just the word motivation and I was like when especially where I was at, at these points as well like you, when your mindset's not you don't have control of it it kind of has control of you being told mm. no kind of defines you it like labels you it's like if someone that I should respect or someone who's did something that I want to do says no then ultimately it means that it's not going to happen and hopefully by this is why I'm so passionate about sharing my story and trying to really inspire others is because I have been there and I've had that experience but now I came out the other side and I, I've made them dreams come true and it's like if I can do it then anyone really can and it doesn't have to be in dance or it could be uh, if you want to set up your own gardening company it could be whatever it actually is that that you don't believe that you can do it's just it's now it's just like my bigger than any even bigger than my dance passion and bigger than even business Mm -hmm. like my my purpose and my passion is really just to use what I've been through and use my experiences and and use my story and all them knockbacks and all them times that I just thought like this will never happen, and it wasn't even just me not believing in myself. It was the the actual not getting into colleges in Scotland. I mean, surely then you're like you should give up, or going to London and not getting into them schools, and then that was before I even graduated. Then the nose from all the jobs and being small, so not even getting in auditions. That was like the first the first hurdles of coming out of college was I wasn't even getting seen because the numbers on my page so it wasn't even like I was getting the chance to show what I could do because it was just like you weren't getting in so I was like sneaking in I would be every every audition I'd have heels on when it was like trainers they'd be like you can take your heels off you know and I'm like I had this such insecurity about my height like I have to admit see as someone who's not been told no a lot it blows my mind because I could be told no for the simplest wee tiny thing and that just would massively knock my confidence. Like even at this age, like at age, 30, well, what am I, 37, 38 this year? If somebody was to tell me no, I, you can't do something or you're not good enough or whatever, I think I would just kind of bundle up in a wee ball in the corner. Whereas 
you obviously had this innate thing where you were just using it as fuel. Yeah, and the thing is, I, I think, like, I don't think you're alone with that. I think that's the majority of society, right? Because it's the condition conditioning we have from being so young and even even people from a good upbringing, like, what I've learned on this journey and really going back to the effects that childhood trauma has on you as an adult, and I, I said earlier I wasn't really good at school, now I, like, love neuroscience, which is just, like, how is this even possible? So, like, it's, we are actually, like, really changeable. You can actually rewire a human conditioning and programming and that blew my mind that that's that things started to really change for me but like you were saying there um you've been told no like every human I think is exactly the same and I think we all have that thing inside us that just triggers like things insecurities that maybe we don't even know we have and things that are mm. related to traumas or even experiences from school or it just triggers that emotional thing and you've been told no for getting a mortgage or something completely away from what is the where the root of the problem is you can't even yeah. um I guess you can't even begin to feel how they could be connected but actually that's where it comes from and that's why even like you who's not really been told no but still at this age to be told no would would knock you because we don't we don't actually we're not we're not really taught or we're not really open to like doing the deeper work which helps yeah. people back and actually relieve ourselves from them limiting beliefs that we have from being brought up or them traumas that are that, that trigger this emotional thing within us and I think that's what I've really learned and that's what it's actually not you it's not like the real you it's just like it's just that the fear within you. It's just that um, protection, that anxiety that that we are. I, 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 this word I always use, but I, it's a hard word to like get across in the right way. But like we like to be like the victim, and it's not. I don't mean like the actual victim, like you're a victim. But we hide behind that victim thing, right? Like if you've been told no, then well oh my God, well obviously I'm going to be upset and obviously then I need to just stop doing it because that's what they said and you kind of go into that like defense um, mm-hmm. mode, right? And we, I guess I've realized from this journey as well, we, we like to like stay in that because it protects us. It kind of makes you then not take risk, right? You kind of like to stay in the comfort zone because you're like, I'm good here. Like it doesn't. I, I don't feel that I need to go out of this because I'm pretty happy in this place. But I think mm. that's where a lot of us then see slowly like the unhappiness unfold because as humans, I think we are really designed to like grow and push ourselves beyond like capabilities that we ever thought was possible and to do stuff outside the comfort zone doesn't naturally feel good in the instance of doing it but I think that's what the process from being young without me actually knowing that that's, uh-huh. that was what's happening but it actually now I look back to how I was being brought up in my story and my past and the reason again I want to share it is because one of course it doesn't define me but now I'm like really grateful for it because it has taught me this resilience it has taught me that this thing of when I get told no obviously one million percent does affect you and emotionally affects you and but I've got this like weird thing that I can just like take it deal with it and then keep going we definitely all have that within us and 
I think it's just such an important thing to get out there and and to help people because people don't really know that they 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 feel like either they're not or they have been through something traumatic or they just don't enjoy their job or they're not happy in their relationship and they just stay in that and you you do you we kind of are taught that that's just the way life is right these little small small like things that you've heard since your mum says in school like that's just the way life is well life's hard it's like these are these are massive these are massive Mm -hmm. determining statements of how we go on a live a life and succeed in our lives because these are what we've been taught and have ingrained in us and it's not even that we've been taught them in a malicious or a meaningful negative toxic way but, but it actually just is how it's been passed down and it's like obviously I'm really spiritual now and I really follow a certain type of way of living my life and it's not even about me projecting that onto people but it's just about me hopefully showing that it's not been easy for me fine that's most people but now like Mm -hmm. showing that using these tools and using this education and using this new knowledge and starting to get to know yourself a bit more and having that bit of self-awareness and even that like when do we ever get taught to get to know ourselves like, what do you actually like Lisa what do you actually not like what where do you want to go in five years like what what is it that makes you unhappy like you don't even probably know because you never have I'm time. literally shaking my head yeah. like topically <laughs> yeah because you don't you topically. don't ever have that time to because life is fast life is hard you're trying mm-hmm. to get your next bill you're trying to book your next gig like you're trying to see your family you I mean this life gets in the way this is the same for us all but you yeah. never get that time to sit and just have that moment of self-reflection like where have I been for the last five years have I changed in the last five years where could I go in the next five years like you don't ever have that time to to sit and do that Mm -hmm. and I think that's such an important thing and even having that clarity and having that can just change the direction of your life what's the most amazing thing about what I've learned is like even like the smallest step I think that's what we do right we go I can your our actual brain how it processes right now can't process what how that could be because the beliefs that we have at that point or how we feel about ourselves or how our relationships with others are or how the people around us are because not that they're mm. meaning to be bad but if if you are around people who are all in this energy that's quite heavy and it, we it's hard life is life is yeah. really hard so for one person on that to go well I want to do this and this is what I want to do in the next five years if everyone's kind of on the same mindset and has the same way of thinking it's, it just does seem impossible so the importance of knowing that you probably can't see how that's possible you probably can't see how you could physically do it you can't you probably can look at other people yeah she can do it because of that or she can do it. you like to do that thing yeah but she she knew that person or she had money there or she had and that's why I'm really grateful again for my story because I don't have that I, I have a really like um a really hard story and and to be honest I say that but um it's probably like most people where I come from or most people in Glasgow and it's not like oh I have a big hard story and it breaks my heart to think that most of the place that I grew up most of my school probably had similar sorts of stories and um 
to think now. Yeah, but just looking at you and you know, and I'm not saying that you're painting this picture. I'm just this is yeah that this is what this is what Instagram and social media oh. is all about. It is a highlight reel. Yep. It is for sure. We all put the best bits on, and why not? That you know because you want to celebrate and you know you want to connect with people positively. Yeah. So I understand, but I will be the first to admit that looking at your social media and tra- you know looking over your mm-hmm. career over the last few years, there has been. So many highlights and so many positives, obviously. But I, I might have been one of those people looking at you going, Chloe's just nailing it left, right, and center. And because you had the talent and the ability and all that, but when you went into an industry where you know it was just hurdle after hurdle and just the mm. rejections and different things that you would and the adversity that you would have came up against, but you're just seeing this highlight reel of like, yeah, Chloe's just bouncing from one amazing thing to the next, yeah. not knowing your story so then I think there's so much power and like the kind of vulnerability the fact that you are saying I've had it hard and I've had to push through all of this I think that is one of your biggest successes there that you're actually telling your story and that's I really couldn't I I couldn't share my story until I actually dealt with my story and that's kind of so I, I got to London and I struggled and even in the first years of being at Erdang, um, I had no friends. Like I genuinely had no friends because, again, I, I was from Govan, and even now I still act like I'm from Govan. <laughs> it doesn't actually go away, <laughs> honestly. And the fact that my husband's also from, to get a little bit. and Dan's also from Govan, so we are very much <laughs> still act the same. <laughs> Um, but when when I went to college, it was a it was a real shock because I did I, I I've I've always been pretty open minded like in terms of my mind could only open as much as I had seen or known and it, obviously at this time we didn't have internet and stuff right when we were growing up so there was an exposure to like different types of people or ways of living so when I went to yeah. London there was it was a lot of like rich people. Not not everyone. That's that that would be a lie. But mostly everyone from college had did ballet, jazz, and tap modern since they were free, and their parents had paid for them to come here, and they were very like they, very privileged. And I went, and mm. I wasn't good at anything. <laughs> I wasn't good on any of the class. It was very like graded classes. Like it was whatever set you were in, and I was in the bottom set. But everything, a terrible singer. Oh my god, would cry every class. It was horrendous. Oh, oh no, it was horrendous. Honestly, I mean, you probably heard. I remember when I was when I met you, I was like the dancer in the band that didn't make was off. But I was terrible. But even that, the confidence, the confidence to just have to get up and do like obviously that was what was teaching me like like putting myself in uncomfortable situations was like the model of my life even getting to London it would be like I'd have no money so my mum I wouldn't even tell my mum sometimes where I was going when I was going down I would just get on the meg- wow. mega bus at 11 o'clock at night get to Victoria station at um seven get ready in the toilet baby wait go to the audition get told no and get back on the mega bus and back to Glasgow and that happened for a good couple of years of my life and honestly even that the resilience to just keep that going when I did actually get to college I did struggle in the first year because it was like I wasn't at that good so no one unless you were good people didn't want to be your pal it's like anything in life right unless you're like successful or good or you've got something that maybe they could you could 
benefit their life then they don't want to be mm. a pal right? so and I didn't really want to be anyone's pal either because I was just like I hate this and I hate everybody kind of to you. I was all yeah. older as well which was weird because everyone was 16 to 18 and I went at like 20 I started all this much later obviously now I look back at 20 and I'm like god 20 is so young but I was so much older than these people and I had definitely a lot more life experience so I felt older but luckily I got I, I'm really good at boys are like I tend to be better friends with boys and I was like I had I found a real strong group of boys that were like my friends and just kept me it was very normal and there was none of that mm. and it was just ironic after the first year I couldn't pay like my fees to be there because and I got pulled in like I'm really sorry like we're gonna have to unless you can pay these fees you're going to have to go. My nana was the only person that I would just constantly be like the bank of nana to keep me going. And it's not like she was like very rich, but she um she was always like the art of support. But it got to a point where I had like, that was now, that option was now exuded. exuded. Like there was no money left in yeah, that pot. Yeah. And um, I was just saying that like, I can't, I can't, I can't afford that and the I had to work there on like Saturdays and Sundays to like pay the feet towards the fees so I was like wow. be in the college like painting on the Saturday like on the reception Jeez. it was crazy and then go to Pizza Hut at night time do shots after it was it was it was a really tough three years and I'd go into college on the Monday and everybody'd be like so hard and I'd be like what did you actually do at the weekend? None. Please tell me what you did at the weekend. And it was like, they had the oh rent, they had the rent paid. They had, they didn't, none of them had jobs. And I was just like, you do not know the fucking meaning of hard. You don't know this, you don't know the half of it. And then after my first year, I got put in this, like, we did commercial at once a week, which was obviously my thing. And I mean, I say my thing. <laughs> I'd never really did it until I got to London, but I, I, I deemed it my thing. That's that's what I wanted to do is be a batting dancer, right? Yeah. Um, and I got put in this, like, piece in the summer show in first year, at the end of the year, by Dean Lee, who's obviously everyone's just a hero. Um. And the minute that happened, everything changed. I got awarded a Dada Award. They were like, you can stay. Everyone now wanted to be my friend. It was this, like, wow. I now got, like, obviously that's my name, but, like, it was, like, it wasn't just, like, Chloe. It was Chloe Ferns. It was this thing, that this weird thing out of nowhere about her. And I've just spent a year having no friends, like, kind of like hating, hating London, like, really struggling to pay. And then I got this Dada Award, which helped towards my rent. And now everyone was like, Chloe Ferns, Chloe Ferns. And I was just like, what the hell is happening? But I just, I've been here the whole time. I've, I've been here, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and I remember that. I was just, and I, the thing is as well, it's so crazy. And I went back to the college to do a talk recently. And one of the heads, without me, I, I kind of, I didn't even remember this. But obviously it goes really in line with what I do now. And I'm so grateful they did say it. But she was just like, you were always such a, Chloe was always such a positive to everyone else that I was so supportive and so encouraging and I think in an industry like dance and performing I'm sure most people know and experience that it's not really that wait there's a lot of um it's not, I don't mean jealousy as in the word jealous how we think about it but like just like your own insecurities like if you're not doing that or you it, it feels a, a bit a little bit nicer to like 
to go oh they're not even that good like it, we just tend to do that right because we it's just that comparison yeah just the constant comparison and we want it that bad right it's like something you yeah. want so bad so it doesn't bring out the nicest side in most people and mm. and everyone's been there and, and me included like we've all been there when you don't feel your best that maybe you act in a certain way but I, I just naturally never did that and had that which now I'm like I, I certainly don't have it now and I'm really proud of that quality but just to know that I had that then even when I wasn't felt like I was like the alien of the the place and yeah. you could have totally have went the other way for sure you know especially when people started to you know this Chloe Ferns and recognize you you could have totally just been for like sure. yeah I'm it. and it's not even like I knew that I would um in 10 years want to go on to like be this inspiring compassionate motivating like nice person like that's like the aim right but like it just naturally has always been I don't know that's like me just blowing my own trumpet now but I just desire to always like help people and be good and do good things I've always like loved doing these little challenges for charity or and that was just like a thing that I used to it was like again an escapism it was something that made me feel good but not really realizing why it made me feel good until obviously now that I've had all this experience and training and been to these sort of retreats and understood like what my purpose actually is and I'm like oh that's why that made me feel good oh that's why I love to help because that's obviously always been like my calling or dang and stuff was a struggle but they really gave me the opportunity they gave they they gave me a platform and and I'm really I'm really I'm really grateful because they take on people like me not the best what you'd call um someone who had potential to go on and be successful on paper I guess right but they took Mm, like raw talent they took people from lower incomes they took um diverse group of people there was so much diversity in our school and people from all walks of life and and it just really was important and obviously now I'm well I see you're going to school to learn right you would think do you know what I mean yeah. but you know it's like you know obviously there's so many people you know, hanging after that dream really want to pursue it but you are there to learn they are there to improve you and your raw talent yeah so, but then I guess it's just such a competitive space. And think of know? how many people that do have that that just fall yeah. through the net because they don't get oh, that opportunity. I can't even and I was just so lucky that that was the one. I mean, most schools said no, but thankfully they said yes. But even after, and then you worked your backside off. They let, they opened the door, but then you you had to work so hard on so many levels. You know not just in terms of your training and stuff, but just like you're saying, like financially, yeah. just to keep you there. And again, that goes back to the story. Like I could I could think, oh my God, I had such a hard upbringing. It was so hard for me. Like I had no money. I had all these problems. I had what I used to see growing up, all the, all the, but actually when, when now when I reflect back, it's like, well, thank God for that. Because when I did need that discipline, when I did need that drive, when I did need that, I've actually got nothing else here apart from making this happen. That gave me this extra edge. That gave me that extra yeah. the energy. Like obviously, all I've ever been it's probably been my bad thing as well. Actually, definitely has too much energy. <laughs> Honestly, just too much energy. But that's obviously where it came from. It was just like it was more. Yeah. This was more than just like or oh, wanting this job or needing this job or this being my dream. It was like that. It's either this or I'm going back to like what I know. And college was 
struggled at the beginning and then it kind of like blossomed and it was just a great experience mm-hmm. after that got agents and stuff a lot of it struggled through auditions like like everyone like no 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 talk, constantly told no too small too fat all the usual and and you know what I just think now looking back on them things you kind of accept that because that's the industry you're in but now being an advocate of mental health and actually really understanding mental health and being in a mentally unstable place more than just the industry it's like that and not actually understanding it and knowing how to deal with it and not having the tools to combat it to then on top of that have have the like pressure of mental health through your job is it's really scary and it's really scary the effect that you don't know what people are going through and well it's in so many industries you know that would just be so frowned upon and it would be like you know you cannot speak to people you can't treat people like that but it in that industry, I guess a lot of that is just, well, this is how it is. This is that, and and the thing is, you accept it because you just want it. You're you're willing to, you're genuinely willing to to take that because what they can give you and what 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 you can get is that dream, right? So it was it was a struggle, but thankfully I got my first job in um, Thriller, the Michael Jackson musical, which was like yes. my my first job and. From there, I, I I have been really lucky. I don't know how it's happened. I don't know. At the very, very start of my career, it was still very tall. You had to be this certain look. You had to be this certain height. And then I don't know if it was like a lot of the artists changed or just the timing. The timing was impeccable. The the industry took a, took a real switch. They wanted like different people. They Everyone didn't have to be the same. I'm sure that you'll remember before, like, top of the pops and stuff they were all the same height they all kind of looked the same you had to be this beautiful tall leggy and that's what a dancer kind of was um and then just the right timing it was genuinely the right timing they just everything became more diverse everything became more individual and and obviously that's where I fit in and I was really really doing well and after all that so that's what goes back to the beginning like when you get there it's like oh what happens now like yeah that wasn't that wasn't even a, a place of like what happens now as in my career but I still was really unhappy and this is where my life kind of has now changed massively and I, yeah. I was constantly constantly just had this thing inside me that like something wasn't right obviously the struggle and trying to make the dream come true, like, masked what was really going on, because I hadn't ever really dealt with what had had went on, because I was so focused on just making this happen. And when the, my career was doing really well, I still was really unhappy. And I guess that's now where, why I'm on this mission and why I want to share my story. But um, I guess it was two, maybe two years ago. So just even then, when I was, like, in full working mode, um, I basically realized that I had something wasn't right and I and I knew I knew exactly what it was but I just was never ready to actually come forward and talk about it and I obviously got engaged and I was I had a fiance now and I kind of always promised myself when I get engaged and I know I'm going to be with someone forever I need to tell them this thing because if I don't I'll feel like I'm living a lie and it just will feel wrong and I obviously told um Darren who's my husband now um about what I had been through when I was younger. So when I was younger, I was sexually abused. It was something that I kept to myself. 
something that I was never telling anyone, something that, just something that I just wanted it to be mine, and 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 I and I, I dealt with it really well, and it didn't. I'm I'm not gonna lie, it didn't actually really affect me massively. It would just be really sporadic, random. Could be a month would go by, and I wouldn't think about it, and then it could be six months. It could be every week. It it was just really a sporadic thing, and it would just be this boom, like this gut wrenching feeling that. And I, I I genuinely thought I had made it up, and that was like the the craziest part for me. So I guess that's the same for a lot of people. And again, why I want to talk about this openly because I'm now in a position where I'm really not ashamed of it, and not that I'm not don't mean to say I'm proud of it, but I've really accepted it, and it's it's doesn't doesn't define anything, and if anything, it's built me to who I am. So I do believe that it's happened to me because I'm a strong person, and I can really use my experience to help people who maybe aren't as strong, and that's something that I'm obviously really passionate about. But even when yeah. I when I told my husband, this was just to tell him, and just that's all it was for. It was nothing to come forward, or, and he basically dragged me to the police station, wow. kicking and yeah. kicking and screaming. I was just like, I'm not doing it, and it was just such a good support and made me feel like you're not going to be alone you're just going to do this and even like telling my family and the thought of doing that to even my family and this is what I get I guess a lot of victims will feel like they can't come forward because they don't want to break their family and they don't want to put their family through that and it's everyone else's emotions above their own and it's just really important now to, to understand that you're you are the victim of this. You 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 do deserve to to have that peace. Like you do you you don't deserve to be the one to carry this. Like you had that happen to you. So now you deserve to be free of that. And a lot of what I mean not a lot, most people don't. Most people keep it and let it kill them. I I think that process was Obviously, that was only two years ago, and I, I was still going to work, and no one actually knew what was going on, and it was it was a real heavy, heavy time, and it took me to a really dark place, I would say. Um, again, yeah, like I, I, I never really imagined going, and I did have the support, and obviously my family and stuff finding it. But the the most amazing thing is, like, like we were saying earlier, but your head can't comprehend how that could be possible. Just them small steps. And now it's just, mm-hmm. it's, it's gone. Now that, that full thing, that full feeling, that full darkness, that full to the point where I wanted to commit suicide and the, that point of like, I don't even want to be here because this is too much. Now is non-existent, <laughs> which is just, again, wow. such a powerful message. Yeah, just the lid, it's just obviously the lid being lifted uh, yeah. and that, that pressure it's, for so long, just pushing it, pushing it down. Exactly, and you think, like, there's no way I could lift that, but after that initial blow, it just, it becomes easier and um obviously again the motivation thing when I went to the police and stuff they kind of said I mean they were obviously just saying what's actually a fact but because it's a historical case because there's not really any evidence or you're going to struggle mm-hmm. you're actually going to struggle and I guess that just made me really annoyed and I just thought I mean I didn't really care about the outcome everything that I wanted to happen had already happened I was like free of this like secret it, it didn't know it wasn't now like eating inside of me it was like out and I really quick, yeah. quickly realized like I want to help people and I want to use this as a, a more positive experience so 
I guess that the the experience of that, them saying you shouldn't come for, you shouldn't take this further because it just gave me that motivation to be like, no, I want to do this because I really didn't, I genuinely didn't care about the outcome. I didn't care if if I got justice or not, which obviously now I'm like, mm, maybe I should have been a bit more. But at the time I didn't. I had already got my. It was just freedom. the motivation again, wasn't it? Was that motivation, and and luckily. Um, went on for like a year and um, the year later I did and he got seven years which is just unheard of and that I remember being in court and this is just a, a crazy story to take you on to the next part of my life but when I was in court I remember being in the thing and I, I just had this idea and this um, I was like I want to use this I'm going to help people I'm going to set up this foundation I had this big epiphany idea and at that moment, my phone, and I'm not even, like, lying on the timing here. I'm not even, like, exaggerating the story. My phone went, and it was a little girl who I had taught, who I knew there was just something. I just knew there was, some, there was something that she was not okay. I just knew that. And before I even knew I could help people or, or anything, I just said, like, if you ever need someone to talk to, just message me. And the minute I did that big performance, I was my family were just looking at me like, obviously like, shut up <laughs> and I was like I'm going to do this I'm going to do this this is what I'm going to do so then my phone goes and it's this this little girl saying I, I just I don't even know why I'm messaging you but I just I, I remember you saying that I've ever needed help and to message you and she no teeth she had not been to school since she was like 10 years old she hadn't she hadn't left the house she hadn't been on Train that I mean, she was really severe. Had went to all the top psychiatrists in the country. She she was really, really, really like in a bad place. This little girl, and I mean, fast forward to now, and she's so confident. She's got her teeth. She's like she's just doing amazing. And she, honestly, she's that that whole experience just coming from that is just that just gave me this like fire to be like this is this is how I want to now spend my life because it was like the week before that court case there was so many things in my life and that week leading up to that court case that just went wrong the like really heavy life-changing things all in this one week and I just remember being alone in my flat and it was like I was just so close to like taking my own life and I've never been never really been in that darker place I remember not being able to even get out of my bed and I was like wow this is actually I'm actually depressed like you know you're like the realization was like even like making a phone call I remember I had to make a phone call to one of my bill companies or something and even it was like I, I couldn't I couldn't do anything and that's kind of where now my belief in what I believe in now and the kind of way I live my life now that's where that kind of was born Um, had already kind of been open to thinking a little bit differently and and reading a little bit but not not massively but my mind was open to like how being a bit more positive could could have impact and just like the the general like living in London being a dancer you're kind of exposed to that different way of thinking but um in this dark time it's when I really found the importance and the power of how this worked and it was just like a week of just like writing I never really wrote before listening to like just YouTube 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 reading 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 and it's all I done and it genuinely it took like two two weeks and and just because I was really like training myself and I was relating to what these people were obviously saying they were 
in dark places like I was in and they were yeah. using these things and I was just doing what they were saying and I genuinely started to feel better. It was like slowly, like, I remember one day I just hadn't left the house for like days and I was like, right, what do I like to do? I saw this thing, like, just do something that you like. But I just could, didn't have any energy to do anything. Yeah. And I was like, right, DJing, like, I love DJing. Like, like, just go to the DJ studio. So I messaged the woman and I'm like, can I come? And she was like, yeah, three o'clock, three o'clock came, still sitting in the same position. I was like, can I come at four? Four o'clock came, same position. And I just kept saying, like, just do it, just do it. And it got to, like, eight o'clock at night. And she was still like, you can come. And I went, I just ended up getting up and going. And I remember going and talking to her about what 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 was going on and and then I started to like each of the things that had went wrong it was like I lost my job which was obviously the thing that was keeping me motivated leading up to the court case so losing that was like a massive like oh like my relationship everything was just crashing and then I started to really like see the positives and everything that was actually going on and not even the positives but how Maybe that needed to happen. Maybe this needed to happen. Uh-huh. Maybe, maybe everything had its purpose. Yeah, everything. It wasn't. It wasn't nice and it wasn't easy. But no. it actually no. had something that needed to change or it, the what, just a belief that this yeah, was home meant to be. And reason. that that just coming home from that DJ and on the train, I remember just writing. I was like, I actually feel different. This actually works. And I just got that. That was that was basically a start because it was genuine not being able to move to my mind towards the situation change and in that moment taking yourself to the DJ booth was the hardest thing yeah it just impossible to then coming back and feeling like a whole a, a, a whole new, new person yeah that's kind of what started my new journey and I just really started to change my life from there I mean how I live my day-to-day life having like a routine having rituals like meditation yoga working out reading like just making this like real it's just rituals that I now followed and I had to if I didn't wouldn't feel a hundred percent and they honestly has changed my life and that's what I want to get out there and even if it's something I didn't believe in any of this stuff I'd I'd, I mean again like I came from govern like even even the abuse stuff and that happened when I was maybe 12 but for the 10 years before that my dad was a drug addict and I watched domestic abuse from the age of probably being in the womb. I was premature, probably because of the the stress that my mum had on her body. To get to like 12, to then it be my stepdad. So we got out of that situation, ran away from that, to then go into this, which was then the start of this new new thing. So I, I never believed that any of this could be possible. I never believed that what we've been conditioned to think is, isn't changeable. And now after all this education and all this goes on to like starting up my own business and stuff, again, like I said earlier, it wasn't exactly the best at school. And being like a dancer, I mean, we all know what like the label, it's great having a dream and being a dancer. And that, the, the belief of like, oh, you're just a dancer. I really struggled with that at the beginning because obviously I started my business with my, with my husband and he obviously had experience as being in construction and and working on sites and he was really good at his job but we did go into property both of us with nothing with no no education with no real sense of like what we were actually doing I mean none whatsoever like none whatsoever but we just both we both individually had this 
always talked about this passion for property and we both have this really similar personalities and that we just just will do whatever we think and it was like one night we spoke about it and then the next night we were online looking for properties and then the next night we had put an offer in and it was like wait what are we doing I love that what are we actually like, doing anything I've seen, and I'm like they are such a team yeah for sure it is it's been and it's been such a team effort from the beginning and but it's again that um just that the, the same mindset that I've got through everything and yeah. just not really knowing what I'm doing just having no fear to like give it a go and yeah. even at the beginning I remember us both even when we did our first one it wasn't it wasn't an intention to do this as a career it was an intention to just something that we could do together something that could give us a bit more security when I stopped dancing or whatever and yeah. the first one was like a 50 grand property in Glasgow I got a mortgage on it and we had five grand we put the five grand down we had another five grand and we started we scraping the wall we did everything basically ourselves uh-huh. or the majority yeah. of what we could do ourselves and it took us ages it took us like six months but we were we just really loved it and we were just really good at it and after that, I remember us like laughing, going, seeing the properties, and then people were genuinely laughing at us. Even when we were told our families, like, we're going to start this company, like, everybody was just like laughing. The motivation <laughs> thing, and it was just like, wait, like, we, actually, we actually can yeah. do this. Again, something really important to get across. You don't, you don't always need to know the answers. You don't always need to have the education. But it's just about knowing back to the self-awareness. So what do you want? What would make you really happy like what is your purpose like why are you here what can you give to the world like if you can if you can find that and have enough belief in that you don't need to know the answers of how you're going to get there you don't need to it's like anything in it it's like as simple as this podcast like oh i don't know i don't know everything about it so i won't be able to start a podcast until i've figured out every inch of that no 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 one thing at a time yeah and, and then you can take it to like that the scale in which you have with you know your property business but it's just like right, I, I don't know how to plumb or plaster or paint but we'll figure it out we'll figure it out and if you don't you get someone I... who does obviously it was just initially a property company but after everything that I had been going through and wanting to like really make impact now like knowing what my purpose was knowing I actually I have a bigger thing here I don't want to just make money I don't want to just be successful I don't want to just dance behind people I don't want to just what I what I really want to do is help people is to serve others is is to 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 add something to the world that can inspire other people and and then I, I just started to think how can I filter this through everything that I'm doing so with the property company I was so passionate about like so we hire like homeless people or we hire people to work on our sites that maybe are less fortunate or don't wouldn't normally get the opportunity and to really like nurture other people within like the building trade so that in the property company I could do that and then within my own thing I became an NLP um life coach so I went and did that training yes, which again again not being the smartest person but because I was so passionate about this subject and the neuroscience and Honestly, see if you had said to me three years ago, like you'll be an neuroscience, I would have, I would have laughed. Like I genuinely would have laughed. So it's just you just never know. Like when you get passionate about something, when it's something that resonates with you, like it doesn't matter how smart you are, doesn't matter how much experience you have, because if you just know you want to do it, it will actually happen. And I, I'm really spiritual now, and that's really what's got me through all this. Like it's, it's, I, and I don't even mean like, oh, I'm. 
crazy happy spiritual but just ha- understand having an emotional intelligence knowing myself knowing that everything that's happened is is there to teach so I have this motto like in life you either win or you learn and that's it you either win which is great sometimes when you win it feels great and then when you don't mm. it doesn't mean you lose you just learn like what what can I learn from that experience it's painful still it's not not easy it's still the same you still have that but then it's like the comeback time is so much quicker and you have to in adverted commas fail in order to learn something exactly. about yourself or about the world around you or what you can change yeah and and that admitting to, and that uh, that's a massive thing as well like starting to like be accountable for what what you do and I don't I don't I don't just I I, I, I use like my workouts and stuff and, and my discipline to kind of keep myself accountable to myself but it's not even just in terms of that like we like to moan about how unhappy we are we like to moan about our relationship or we like to moan about a boss at work we like to moan about like not making enough money we like to moan about the government we like to moan about but mm. do we ever like actually ask, what, what how, how are you handling yourself in situations how are you reacting how are you yeah. how is what that affecting you do and what can you do mm-hmm. for me that's what not that's what spirituality is but that's what it it teaches you it's a lot it's it's a lot more than just oh what you're now like happy you're now like you know do yoga you know do meditation it's like no this actually is something that can i, I do what serves me yeah to be a better the best, best version of myself version of myself and i didn't just get to watch my journey like obviously darren as well like seeing the transformation in him again like a, a guy from govern like we'd been brought up the same right and just that mm. even even get as we got older we're just very like scottish mentality like not not bad but like just scottish mentality a scott a typical scottish guy and to watch like how much like he's changed how much even our relation like we have the most incredible relationship because we both want the same things there's never any like trust issues there's never any we don't argue there's not we don't have any argument and it's because we both have our own emotional intelligence we both check ourselves we both make sure that we are leading by example so i'm i'm now responsible for me not wondering why he's acting like that or why he's been like that i'm actually responsible for my own emotions he's responsible for his and like just the change that that has and I felt like after my what I like to call my life crash a few years ago and having my awakening and having this new change of life like maybe well not maybe but this will never happen again like I'm free like I've I've did my time like I've I've had the thing and then to think (laughs) two weeks ago like obviously now being pregnant so your emotions are already all over the place and um I remember at the start of the the release of the coronavirus thinking thank God it's not our business that's affected. Thank God it's like we've kind of escaped this one and we we knew like we've obviously, a hospital was in London and we're going to be living in London and that's just where our future is. We're still going to operate a company in Glasgow and London and just like everything was like beginning to like settle and it was an enjoyable thing and just as the day, days went on with um, the coronavirus and they stopped doing property transactions and we've we had three properties on the market two in london which were a massive high values um i'm sure people probably saw own homes under the hammer but it claimed that we were making like two hundred and fifty thousand on that hunt which was just not true (laughs) because when you take off stamp duty when you take off interest when you take i mean 
Yeah. It wasn't the case. And it got yeah. it got to the point now where obviously coronavirus and not having like a, a strategy for moving forward. They're not really known the strength of the market at the other side of this. Mm-hmm. Then put us in a position where we, we can't continue to operate because that would then be very dangerous and that would be it would be very naive and it would be it would just not be the best move to make in business. So it kinda of put our company at a halt, which then cause problems because interest rates from our lenders and it was just like snowballed and this was like daily effects and it, it just all came crashing down it felt worse than the life crash that I was talking about before it felt heavier because it, big amounts of money there was a lot of people mm. depending on what was happening everything was out with our control there was no way that if we don't know how we can move forward in business then how do we position ourselves like we obviously had these projects from last year so like when we got to the end of selling these projects which was obviously at this time would be when we would make our money from that but because of the effects of Brexit and then now the effects of this there was no profits at the end so like ultimately you've not made anything and then you've got all this money to pay out and it just didn't none of it added up and it was having no way to go forward it was just it was just a really it, it happened like within 24 hours as well so it really caught us off guard and it was just days of like that back to that place again and like well how how can this get better how can we change this how can we how can this be of any benefit and being pregnant I don't it did seem a lot harder but obviously because the work that me and Darren have did over over the last two years on our mindset and in the new way we live a life and the belief that we have and everything serving us, even if it doesn't feel like it is at that point, that will, in time, this will be for a reason. And having that, just constantly having that little thing, it didn't even feel like it was enough to get us through, but it was a week of, like, heaviness. It was a week of, like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't know how this is ever going to change. And a week after, just constantly doing what like writing constantly like looking maturely at the situation like every move we make doing it in the most ethical way to serve everyone Mm -hmm. to to just be really smart in our decisions and and know that regardless of whatever we we will come back from this and now um we we've made a decision that we're going to come back to Scotland which for me was a really it's a really tough decision because mm-hmm. I feel my home is in London. I feel I really, yeah. I really love it there, and I just love the openness. I love um, you can just be who you want to be, and there's just no judgment. And I, I don't mean that that's the case in in Scotland or in Glasgow, but I mean you've had your pivotal moments in London. A lot of what's happened yeah. to you and everything that's turned turned around for you ah, and then you, you know. yeah it's actually I've never really thought of that so it's such a yeah it's a defining part of like my change and and my dreams yeah. coming true so it does it feels like a real um sentimental attachment to that and I kind of started to feel does that mean like how can I, I my thing now is like unless you're grown like that's that's when you that's, that's actually where the unhappiness comes from as you as mm-hmm. a human when you're stuck or when you go back so that that's yeah. where the unhappiness actually comes from yeah. making this decision was so difficult for me that I, I had to like check that was a moment for me to check myself because I started to do that really like um 
it, 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 it actually was really immature now, now that I'm thinking about it because I, I was just going back to that defensive. Like, I don't want to come back here. This is like, I didn't because uh, I didn't have a good. Um, why does anything have to change? You do all of your rituals and everything you need to do here. And also, I just thought like everything that I've learned and everything that. I can relate to people from Scotland, like, more than anyone. I can relate to every <laughs> every little girl that grew up in Govan that's been through this. Like, I was going to say, you that will be lasting for Govan. Like, surely, surely, if anything, what I'm trying to do, I could be even more successful by doing it in Scotland. I just thought, like, maybe this is a good thing. Maybe this is, maybe I can start, like, a retreat here. Maybe I can start, because I, I do want to help maybe people. If it, if initially it isn't, you will make it a good thing. Yeah. For sure. And already I feel that it's the best decision. We can have full control of our company. We can start again when this all goes back to normal. Everything that we've learned from what we've done before. And I think what most people get so scared of is like the, of failing because it's, it is, it's like a, it's a hard thing to admit that, or I failed or, I mean, I, I don't feel like I failed at all. I just feel like yep. I've learned so much. It's like school, right? I'd, I'd not, I didn't go to uni and do business, so I had to learn that mm-hmm. on the job. Yep. And, like, now we just, just, like, everything, the tools that we've got, the contacts that we've got, like, we are really good at what we do. So it's like, how now can we actually, like, hone in, like, living in London, trying to operate a business in Glasgow? It's just going to be so much more focused. And, like, for me to bring, like, my my Chloe method, as I call it, my mentor program is it's just the results that I'm getting are, they blow, it blows my mind. It's not actually, it's genuinely not me that's doing it. It's the, the people that, that I'm mentoring. But to watch, like, people come to me on the, the first week and have the natural things, no confidence, no self-belief, and have these ideas that they they want to do these these things but just don't feel like they can do it. To be able to watch them on week one to week four, and so many of them have started their own programs, their own businesses, and you're just like, it's so rewarding. That's, that's the gift of all the experiences that you've put yourself through. It's the reward that you then get at this stage yeah from all the work that you've done on yourself there's just no feeling like it even like getting that job and my most amazing like dance jobs and stuff like they are incredible but there's no feeling that I get of reward that I get than helping people like I genuinely do want to have I want to be like a philanthropist I want to go on and hopefully have enough money where I can give so I just love giving yeah. all these experiences and all and I don't mean like everyone who's had a bad experience but how if you have had a bad experience if you have had a traumatic life if you had have went through stuff that you just feel like you can't overcome I don't mean you have to go on and do what I'm doing and that's just what I want to do but is there, yeah. is there a way that you can start to look at that experience and one see how, what you've learned from it two how you can maybe change that and instead of that being an impact in your life how can you create impact can maybe can maybe you just tell that story to one person and 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 show a bit of strength in it and how they could maybe find strength in it could it just be that one conversation that could help someone else like we all go through we all get tested in life every single one of us everyone's degree is different and but what what I actually genuinely learned is regardless of how bad or how little it's been to us, it's the biggest thing that's happened. So whatever our own traumas are and whatever our old 
own traumas have been. They're the worst thing that's ever happened to us. So don't let it um, determine where your future is going to be. Use it as your fuel. Like Use it as your motivation. Like Use it as your lessons. Use it as you've obviously grown from that. You've obviously came out the other side. You're still here. So mm-hmm. like, don't don't stop. Just keep going, yeah. and that's just what I, that's what I want to share, and that's why I'm so open again with my story because I feel, especially the abuse stuff, that people are so embarrassed. I guess they're so ashamed of of that happening to them, and and I, it's not about being old, just throwing it out there because it's just I just want to show that there's nothing to be ashamed of. You need to you, free yourself from that and go on and yeah. and have the happiness that you deserve, and yeah. I'm really excited actually now for the future. Oh, Chloe, I have to admit, like I, I never really have a preconceived idea of how I want that these podcasts to go. Like I'm very much like I don't do tons of research, even if I know the person or don't yeah. know the person. You know, I do the basics because I, I want it to be a, a natural conversation. Yeah. Ah, for sure. You know, um, but I do have notes and and what I've written down, you know, and you know I've listed stuff and I just don't my, stop talking. I'm a wee bit, I'm a wee bit no, I know I'm a wee bit like blown away to be honest with you. Oh, um, you. Not and I, and I don't want that to sound like I've underestimated no, you, but not having not not being somebody that's in your life. And I know we've said when we've known each other for twelve years since since the days of the kitty cat dolls. Oh my god! And I just you want know, to reaffirm this, right? Because it is really a magical moment that's just happened. Lisa, maybe 13 years, when I was in the Kitty Cat Dog, and it was the first ever shoot that we had done, and I had never, like, performed. Or, and to me, this was, this was the most amazing. I absolutely loved that. That experience and as a whole, like, we're laughing now, but, like, that made me want to do what I, what I wanted. It gave me, like, a taste of it, and I remember the very first shoot. I remember the club we were in. I remember where we yeah. were. I remember you being there teaching yeah. us and you saying like... And I, I just felt so out of my depth, massively out of my depth. And I was looking at you like... You know, the presence of all you guys and like how amazing you were and I was just like, what am I doing? Like, See, there's a lesson. I'm totally faking it, Tammy. Yeah, and there's a complete lesson because I remember looking at you thinking, wow, I, I would love to be like you one day. The irony of how we think, right, and how we perceive situations, like we're all... We're all scared, yeah, yeah. we're all struggling, we're all yeah, yeah. thinking the same thing and we all don't actually know that we're feeling that way, which is just crazy. But to me, you were doing like successful, but you had your group, you were a successful teacher and you said to me like, um, you're really special, you can you can really do this. And that, like little things like that have been huge. Like there's certain people and I've always thought about you as one of them. When I'm going back to when I was saying about... Um, I don't know why, like, I just kept having this thing. It was comments like that, that of people that mm-hmm. I respected and people that I looked up to saying that you can do it. What mm-hmm. genuine, like, few and genuine things that I carried to, to help me go on and have that determination to, to make it happen. So to think 12 years later of this, I now have this new dream. I now want to share my story. Yeah. I now want to, like help and inspire people and right at the start of this journey and this is like my second podcast um but how ironic that you're that person and I, what i have to say is like you know tv film like award ceremonies arena tours like world travel like all the stuff and you you know you've your hours and hours of podcasts worthy in terms <laughs> of the stories but i just think your success is the person that you are 
you know, I think it's amazing that everything you've done in your dance career and, you know, the business and the DJing and just everything, what I wrote down. Thank you so I much. Couldn't, I couldn't have written what I got out of this. Today. Oh, thank you so much. I know, sorry, I waffle on a bit sometimes, honestly. No, you absolutely to, don't. And you are, myself. like, the epitome of bra brave. Oh, thank material. you very much. I have definitely, I'm very confident and whatever I want to do, I just, and I believe in something, I'll do it. But so even for me, like videos and getting my message across, like I, I don't want my Instagram to be pictures of dance. I don't, I mean, that is as, as well, because hopefully I will keep that going after I have the baby. Just, yeah. just like, yeah. especially like Mabel and stuff, who's just, it's like a family and it's something that I love to do. And they're like, the dolls are here, well, as soon as you're ready to come back. So I'm like, yes, I'm coming back. Just to keep that little, that dream alive, just like, but you can be many things. You yeah, don't need to be one thing. You don't thing. need to be defined by one thing. But um, yeah. getting people to be able to come on and be inspired and give knowledge over that is something that is is new to me and that I've not done yet and something that I'm, I need to do. If I've, it's this tiny platform, it's not massive, but if people can come on and actually get some of the, this information on there and understand how they can do it and bits of what I teach on my programme and stuff and if I can start like just sharing that and hopefully help as many people as possible. And yeah, thank you so much for listening to me. Grab it and on. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Bra and the Brave, a podcast about people and their passions. Join us next time for more insight and inspiration from my wonderful guests. Bye for now.